I started at 21 years old, right out of college with a bachelor's in political science and journalism and media studies. I'm not smarter than everybody else in the room. I know that. But the one thing that I had that a lot of people didn't is I recognized what I didn't know. And I also recognized my experiences are what helped propel me to the place I'm in. I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up to a very blue collar family, a ranching family, a family that lived in the forgotten land, the flyover states. And I knew that I could bring that voice to news and to media. And I also knew I could bring a young conservative voice to news and to media. And that service was not being filled until I decided to fill it. So I knew that by being Tommy, I could fill a niche that nobody else could fill. And that's why I'm still here because I continue to remain true to that. And I won't do anything for views, for likes, for media attention, for a trending Twitter notice. None of that matters to me anymore. There was a time that it did, but I've decided that all of that, that flash in the pan stuff doesn't really make for a long career. Are you ready to decide it's your turn to live your most purposeful, profitable, passionate life? I'm Christina LeCure, former professional golfer turned confidence and success coach. I truly believe every one of us was put here for a God-given purpose, and it is our responsibility to live that fully. For well over a decade now, I've been turning my life as well as countless others around from feeling unworthy, incompetent, and without a purpose to living a life I cannot wait to wake up for even on days when shit hits the fan. And it all started with a decision. Yeah, you heard that right. I said God and shit in the same sentence. So clearly this won't be your typical podcast, but what I can assure you is that each week myself and my guests are going to enlighten you, fire you up, and having you walk away with stories and strategies to not only boost your confidence, but give you hope that at any moment in time, you have the power to decide it's your turn. Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. Today, I am unbelievably excited for you. This past summer, I heard a woman speak at a conservative women's conference that blew my socks off. That woman was Fox Nation's Tommy Laren, and today she so graciously joins me on the show, and we had an unbelievable conversation. You guys are going to fall in love with this woman. If you don't know who she is, I don't know how you wouldn't. She's got over 5 million followers on social media. We dive in all of the things, including including how she's gained her confidence, how she stands up for what she believes in. We even talk about her new relationship with JP. It is such a fun conversation. I am an even bigger fan now than I was before we started. You guys enjoy today's interview. Y'all, I am very, very excited for today's guest. We've been trying to make this work for a very long time, and I'm so honored that she said yes to the podcast today. My guest today is Fox Nation's Tommy Laren, and I'm super stoked to have you. Thanks for being here. Always happy to talk about women's issues, confidence, all of those things that are so important, not only personally, politically, professionally, so I'm happy to be here. I'm glad we could connect. Yeah, me too. I'm really excited. So I actually was at an event, Turning Point. Uh, I went with one of my girlfriends. I was there just to kind of support her for the weekend in Dallas. And I knew I had seen you before because obviously my audience knows that like I definitely do. I'm probably more of a Fox supporter than anything else. But so I'd seen you on the news for some years. But when you came out, you were just literally one of the most confident women I had ever seen speak on a stage. You know, I actually attribute you to Sarah Sanders. She, I think she does such a fantastic job when she's speaking and you just came out and just really like took control of the stage. And it was all about confidence. That's what we were talking 
talking about. Turning Point was for young conservative women. And that's what you started with. And I just absolutely loved it. And I was like, holy shit, I have to reach out to this woman and have her be a guest on the podcast. Because that's truly what I'm all about. I'm, I'm really love the fact that people are people who are confident can really have the most successful life and the abundant life. And you came out and just ruled the stage with confidence. And so obviously I know everyone and their mother asked you this question, but where did that start? And we kind of maybe go from there. Confidence is something you have to work on every day. Some people are born with more confidence than others, but it really is something that you have to sharpen. It's something you have to remind yourself. And there are days when you feel very confident, usually because we're women, it kind of goes along with how we're looking that day, how confident we are in our outfit. And we really kind of tether a lot of our personal confidence to how we look. And that's normal and that's natural. And I'm the same way. But I have learned over the years, whether it be professionally or personally in my relationships, there are going to be a lot of things that knock you down. There's going to be a lot of things that make you feel like crap. And you have to practice confidence every day because in those times, you need to rely on that that instinct more than ever. Absolutely. I totally agree. I believe confidence. I always say confidence is like a muscle in order to gain it. You have to consistently use it. And I also believe that, you know, doing hard things builds confidence. And over the years you have had to do a lot of hard things, you know, you're still quite young, 29 years old, and you started in the business a long time ago, and you've come across some really difficult, hard situations. And the one thing that I do admire about you that now that I've kind of looked into a bit of your story and looked at your book and all the things is the fact that you've always you know, really done a really good job being Tommy. My social media handle is B Christina. And years ago, I changed that because for a long time, my social media handle was golf Christina. I identified who I was with what I did instead of being myself, whether that's golf, Christina, wife, Christina, coach, Christina, whatever that is. And so I love the fact that you talked about, you know, at the end of the day, one of the best ways that you built confidence is truly being Tommy. And where did that come from as well? Like, how did you start understanding that, like, in order to build your confidence and get through these hard things, you had to be yourself? Well, I built my career on being authentically myself. And that's one thing that I've maintained. You know, I started this at 21 years old and and I was barely 21 years old, right out of college when I started my first show on national TV at a network called One America News that most people are familiar with now. But back in the day, they were not familiar with because it really was kind of a, a business that was just getting started and a company that was just getting started. And I had to walk in there with a lot of confidence in order to get that job and that first show. And I'll be honest, when I walked in the door, Did I really think at 21 years old, I was going to be handed a national TV show talking about politics and hosting my own show on the subject? No, not really. It wasn't something that I had anticipated, but I walked in that door with the utmost confidence. I thought, you know, if anybody can do this, it is me. I know what I'm doing. I've worked hard at this. I've outworked everybody else. And I believe in myself and I believe in my natural, authentic voice. I've always thought, you know, there's so many people, especially in this industry that I'm in, in politics, there are so many women that want to do this, that do this, that are good at this. So I don't want to be like all of them because there's plenty of them. So if I'm going to carve out a niche and I'm going to make a career, I'm going to have to be myself, which is different than all these other women that are so fantastic that inspire me every day. But I don't want to be a cookie cutter clone of them. I can look to them for inspiration, but I don't want to be them. And that's why in my book, I tell a lot of young women that say that they want to be me. You don't want to be me. You want to be you. You want to draw inspiration from my career, and I really appreciate that, but you want to be yourself. And in this industry that I'm in, I've never tried to seem like I was smarter than anybody else. I started at 21 years old, right out of college with a bachelor's in political science and journalism and media studies. I'm not smarter than everybody else in the room. I know that. But the one thing that I had that a lot of people didn't is I recognized what I didn't know, 
And I also recognize my experiences are what helped propel me to the place I'm in. I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up to a very blue collar family, a ranching family, a family that lived in the forgotten land, the flyover states. And I knew that I could bring that voice to news and to media. And I also knew I could bring a young conservative voice to news and to media. And that service was not being filled until I decided to fill it. So I knew that by being Tommy, I could fill a niche that nobody else could fill. And that's why I'm still here because I continue to remain true to that. And I won't do anything for views, for likes, for media attention, for a trending Twitter notice. None of that matters to me anymore. There was a time that it did, but I've decided that all of that, that flash in the pan stuff doesn't really make for a long career. Yes. Oh my gosh. Hell yes. is so good. All of the things I totally resonate with that. Like when I was in the beginning of my golf career and I was getting, dipping my toes, not in television the way you are, but I was doing a few shows here and there, golf channel, Fox sports and stuff. And I was, it was heavily suggested that I get my boobs done and that I do this and I do this. And I just really felt exactly the way that you do. And the fact that like, I just felt so called to just not do what I was quote unquote supposed to do. And, you know, obviously every single day, I just thank God that I trusted myself and did the thing that like actually set my soul on fire instead of doing the thing that everyone else was doing, because that's what you should be doing. Uh, I think that is, you know, super helpful. And I'm glad that, you know, a woman like yourself, who's so young, but so strong in what you do, and you're so strong in your beliefs. Have you always had strong beliefs? Did that come from your family situation? Like what, what made you go, you know what, I'm going to stick up for what I believe to be true. I was born opinionated. That's the one thing I will say that was given to me at birth. There are people that like yourself who are excellent at sports or music or theater or other things that are typical for young people to be good at. I was always good at politics. I was always good at articulating a viewpoint. I was always good at looking at the news and being able to draw something from it and translate it to really everyday speak so people could understand it better. That's always what I've been good at. And I've always had a strong opinion about these issues. A lot of that is from where I come from. Like I said, the flyover states. We don't get a lot of representation. No one really seems to talk about us. No one really seems to care about us. Only every once in a while. And I wanted to bring that voice to a national platform. I wanted people where I'm from to feel like they matter, to feel like the issues that are important to them are important to the nation because they inherently are. But for so long, they've just been brushed over like they are just average people. But they're the backbone of this country. And I want to be able to speak for those people who often can't speak for themselves or don't really want to speak for themselves. It's kind of a, it's a proud way of life. And not a lot of people like to voice their concerns or at least on a platform like mine. So that's always been something that's been very, very important to me. I'm very opinionated, but I will also say this. One of the things I am most proud of is that I really get heat from the left and from the right. I take it from both sides and I'm okay with that. I don't play to the hits. And that's something that I tell especially young women, and no matter what their career field is, it is very easy to play to the hits. It is very easy to want to appease people because you get the limelight, you get the money, you get the status, whatever it may be. It's very easy to play to the hits, but it's not fulfilling. And at the end of the day, what that makes you is just a shell of yourself. You're just going for what's good, what's trending, and you're not really drawing it from a place in your soul. And I always am committed to doing that. 
Oh, I love it so much. I always say that at the end of the day, if I can lay my head on the pillow, I, I don't like that. Did I do everything I could? Because I always feel like that would just stretch us super thin. And I believe self-care and all the things are really important. But at the end of the day, can I lay my head on the pillow and just actually be happy with like who I am and what I stand for? And if I can, and I think that's, it's wonderful. You know, I think it's a great thing to be able to do that. And I don't know if enough people can actually do that. And I think in the long run, like you said, that is really where the true success is, whether or not you get, you know, all of the millions of followers or all the money at the end of the day, you get to put your head on the pillow and know that like you're staying true to yourself. And in the long run, I personally believe that that will win for sure. Obviously you're, um, you know, an example for doing so. And I do love the fact that you're not, you know, super far left or super far right. You are getting the hits from both sides. I mean, one of the big things that you've had to overcome that, you know, being sued by blaze tv and and uh and having to fight for your four and a half million uh followers on on facebook we all know that you know that's a huge part of your career and you built that based upon who you are when that was kind of like your i'm assuming that's kind of probably one of the hardest situations that you've had to go through in life how did you how were you able to stay true to yourself and how were you able to fight through that well, the thing that got me fired and a lot of people that know my story, that I read my book, they know this about me. It's something I take a lot of hits from, from the conservatives, from the right, especially the religious, right? And I'm okay with discussing it. I went on a little show called The View and I articulated my viewpoint that I am pro-choice, not personally, not religiously, but from a government perspective, I do believe that the government doesn't do many things well. And I don't believe that the government intervening in a situation like that really produces the outcome that most people that are pro-life would like someone to reach. So that's why I said I was pro-choice. Well, I got fired for it. And I had a decision to make. I could go away. I could just keep collecting a paycheck because I would have kept collecting my paycheck at the blaze. And I could have just gone away, gone dark and forgot about it. But I thought, you know what? I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't say anything wrong. I stand by that position. It's a position I've had for a long time and I've articulated for a long time. And there is no way that I'm just going to scoot away and collect a paycheck and let this network think that it has won by silencing me and shutting me up. I don't deal with it from liberals and I don't deal with it from conservatives either. So I had to decide, am I gonna fight this? And for me, it was worth it. It was worth taking on that fight. And you know, at the end of the day, it didn't leave me rich. <laughs> it cost me a lot of money, but I got to walk out of there saying, you know what? There's a lot of people that talk about what they believe in. There's not a lot of people that are willing to go to the mat for what they believe in. And I was, most difficult time of my life. I learned a lot from it, but the thing I probably learned more than anything else was to trust God. There's a lot of times when I thought, why is this happening to me? I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything sinister. Why is this network coming after me? Why do they want to bankrupt me? Why do they want to run up my legal phase? Why do they want to delete my Facebook page when it really doesn't produce any anything for them in any way, shape, or form? They just wanted to delete me. They wanted to cancel me. Why would they do this? This network that I thought was made up of Christian conservatives, why would they do this to me? And there was a lot of times I was frustrated. I was angry at asking God, why is this happening to me? And I realized I'm strong enough to shoulder it. And if my story and what I went through is going to inspire somebody else to be strong enough to shoulder something, that's why I'm going through it. And I wouldn't take it back. I would never take it back, even for how much it cost me and how much pain it cost me. I learned the most. And I was only 24 years old at the time. And it's something that I treasure, even though it was painful. Ugh, you could not have... Put that any better. And I do believe that that is one of the reasons why 
you are who you are today and how you are so confident. I mean, if you went through that, your confidence has to go through the roof because you're like, if I can withstand that, I can withstand whatever else is coming towards me. And I just think that it's amazing that you were able to do that at such a young age. Trust yourself. You know, in my business, I always say that there's three things that'll change your life, decision, faith, and action. And you took all three of them. You made the decision that you were going to fight it. You took the action to fight back and you had unwavering faith that like God was in control. And I truly do believe that you know, with those three things, you can pretty much get through everything. And at the end of your life, you're going to feel pretty damn good that you fought for what you believe in. So I think it's truly incredible. In your book, one thing that you say is you want to be um, a voice for those who are voiceless. And I think in certain situations, there's a lot of people that would have probably had your situation. Let's say perhaps they had, they were a wife and had a bunch of kids and they had to take care of their family and they were single or they were by themselves. I think you standing up for what you believed in and you fighting that fight at 24 years of age, I think it probably gave those who couldn't possibly do it or perhaps didn't think that they could do it in their certain situation probably gives them the opportunity to say, hey, if she did it at 24 years old, what can I do? Well, I appreciate you saying that. And in fact, there are so many Americans right now of all ages that are having to go through that situation because of these vaccine mandates, having mm -hmm. to decide if they're gonna stick to their beliefs and their convictions, or if they're going to go ahead and get a, you know, a vaccine that they don't want in order to keep their job. And it's an impossible place for so many people to be in. It's a decision that unfortunately, financially, a lot of people don't have much of a choice. That's why I'm so vocal in fighting against these things and all of these things. But another thing that that experience and going through a lawsuit really taught me is to be humble. <laughs> it's yeah. easy when you start getting media attention and you start getting followers and you get a blue check mark. It's easy to start getting really, really full of yourself and thinking that you're better than other people and thinking that you're untouchable. Uh, at that time in my life, before the lawsuit and before the firing, I was going through an election in 2015. My candidate just won that election. He personally called me on the phone to thank me for what I was doing. I was on top of the world. I had BBC calling me. I had ABC calling me. I had Fox calling me. I had everybody. They wanted to talk to me. I was at the highest point in my career. And then in a matter of months, I was at the lowest. It humbles you. It teaches you, listen, you're not better than anybody. You're not too big to fail. So you better remain humble. You better watch what you do. You better remain true to yourself because everything that you've built can be snatched away from you, whether it's right or wrong. So you better stay humble and remember that. And that's one thing I've carried with me through these last several years as well is stay humble. Just keep your nose to the grindstone and keep working hard because uh, it's really, really easy to be humbled in this industry. And it can really destroy a lot of people in their careers as well if they don't stay humble. Absolutely. Do you know what your core values are? For me, the love of country is probably number one. I say freedom over everything. Me but too. it's also, I, I really do believe that authenticity is one of my, my biggest core values. I always want to be authentic to me. I want to be genuine. I want to be Tommy. And I hold on to that. And I think that encompasses all the things that I stand for, whether it's fighting for law enforcement, whether it's fighting for the military, fighting for this country, fighting for the average everyday Americans, all those things to me are wrapped up in just being authentically you. And that's something that I, I stick to and I maintain. And it's not always easy because sometimes we all have that little bug on our shoulders that tells us maybe we should do something to kind of rock the boat, get our name back in the headlines or get a trending Twitter, something going. I've learned that all those things cause more headaches than anything. So you might as well just remain true to yourself and take it as it comes, but don't ever, you know, do something for the cheap thrills. 
Yeah. And God can fast forward your life in a matter of an instant too. So sometimes you don't even, you don't need that Twitter. That Twitter could just come to you in a matter of an instant. Something that you said there, and I'd love to know how you do it. Cause obviously this podcast and my whole thing is based on decision, right? How do you know how to make a decision, whether that's big or small? Is there a process that you go through or how do you figure out like what is the next best decision for you? You know, I've obviously watched your social media following for the last, you know, six months, I guess, that I've probably watched you since I met you at that conference. But how do you make the decisions on where you're going to go in your business, where you're going to go in your personal life? How does that, how do you make those decisions? Yeah, I try to think far in advance. So it's easy to think about things today that are going to make me happy today or they're going to give me a thrill today. But I try to look at the long run and I really look at every decision and I weigh the consequences. I know that that sounds really elementary and and really cliche, but I, I really do. And oftentimes it's as simple as a tweet that I want to send out. Sometimes I'm mad. I'm watching something on the news. I get fired up. I want to shoot off a tweet before I send it out. I take a minute and I'm like, okay. Uh, is this really what I want to say? How much trouble am I going to get in for it? Is it going to be worth all the backlash I'm going to get? Not from the left because I don't care, but from my employers, I'll be honest. And I take that into consideration because now I'm a woman. I'm 29 years old. I have to think about these things long term. doesn't mean that I'm not going to say what I want to say, but there are times that you get mad and you really go off the cuff. And sometimes you got to reel that back. And that's part of being an adult. And that's part of being a woman. I do it in my relationship. Sometimes there's things I want to say but I decide if they're worth it or not, what the consequences are, and I learn to pick my battles. And that's what I tell everybody. You cannot pick every single battle, especially as a woman. And I know that sounds, oh, it's sexist, it's misogynist. No, pick your battles. As a woman, if you pick every single battle and you go to the mat for every single little thing, it's gonna wear you out. And people are gonna look at you differently because it's like, why does she have an issue and a problem with absolutely everything? There are times when you need to sit it out. You gotta know when those times are. And when it's not your time to sit out, when it's your time to get in the game, you better go hard and you better win. And that's how I really run my career as well as my social media. I love that. It's so good. And speaking of your super cute relationship, congratulations on just newly being engaged. Thank you so much. You know, like, and I I wrote about it in my book. At the time I wrote my book, I was engaged to somebody else. So life works out in, in really interesting ways. And uh, the thing I would tell, especially young ladies that are going through relationships and, and dealing with all the difficulties that go with that, uh, I tell women, really, if they're, if they're confused on a relationship, if you don't know if a relationship is right for you, it probably isn't right for you. And if you think that you're settling, you probably are. If that thought crosses your mind, you're probably settling. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Wait, be smart, make good decisions. It will happen. Don't try to speed up the process. God has a plan. And in his time, not yours, he'll reveal that to you. Mm, I love it. It's so, it's so good. My husband and I, we've been together uh, 18 years. We've only been married. Wow. I know, right? You're just like, yes, I'm, I'm only 10 years older than you, but we've been together forever. But I do, I will say that like one of the greatest um, blessings in my life is a strong relationship. And I, I'm I'm not the best with my clients oftentimes when I talk about like when they're struggling in relationships, because I think like something that I've had that you've probably that you seem to exude is just that confidence in yourself and knowing that like, yes, a relationship is amazing and awesome and all of the things like it's one of the greatest blessings in my life. But also, too, I think I was so strong in who I was outside of that, that like it was just an add on. Right. Like and I think you're probably very similar or have you have you always you know, relationships have become easy or is this like a new thing where you're like, oh, this is finally easy. You know, relationships are not easy for anybody, but I will say, as I wrote about in my book, 
when I was younger, when I was in high school, I had a relationship that lasted nearly seven years. And that relationship was really hard on my confidence. I always did well in school. I always did well professionally. I always knew what I was going to do. I was going to have a great career. Nothing was going to stand in my way. But in the personal side of my life, I didn't have that much confidence. And I really tethered a lot of my personal worth, my confidence, my validation to a relationship. And it consumed me. And it still it still really haunts me. There's times when it haunts me and it'll bring it back up in my mind because that was seven years of my life. That was my first relationship. I was 15 years old. But when I finally got out of that relationship, which was a horrible, toxic one, I made myself a promise that I would never do it again. So every relationship I was in thereafter, I made that promise to myself and I kept it. I'm never going to let someone treat me poorly. I'm never going to let someone cheat on me. I'm never going to be in a relationship where I have to wonder if that person is going to cheat on me or mistreat me or in any way, shape or form. I wasn't going to do it. Now, if I had my heart broken since that relationship, I absolutely have. But I know that I can walk out of any relationship, no matter how painful it is, no matter how badly it ended, I know that I can get up, I can stand up, and I can move on. And that's something that all women really have to know. Take that power back. You don't need to be in a miserable relationship. I don't care if you're 21, you're 25, or you're 45. Wait until someone is going to treat you right and is going to set your world on fire because anything else is going to make you miserable. Don't settle. Yeah, I love that. I think I think what you said there was really really good in the fact that like, if you know that you're going to be okay without it, it takes the pressure off of like the need for it so badly. And a lot of people can listen to that and be like, well, how do I not need it? But oftentimes it's that moment where you just kind of release it, that that's when you get it right. Like we've all had those moments in life. It's like, we want something so, so bad. And when you finally just go, all right, I'm done. That's when the universe gives it to you. Right. Yeah. And you also need to learn how to be alone. That's something that I've learned very, very well. But I find that a lot of women that hold on to bad relationships is because they are terrified of being alone. They either they live with their parents, then they lived with roommates, then they live with friends and they were in a relationship and they are terrified of being alone with themselves and their thoughts. I think the best thing that women can do if they're getting out of a relationship or they're trying to decide what they're going to do next is live alone, spend some time with yourself if you can. And that's how you really learn who you are. And I'll say this too, before I got into the current relationship that I'm in, and we've been together about 10 months now, so it hasn't been that long, but I'll tell you this, I was going through a lot of stuff. I was after, you know, engagement that I broke off, we're still good friends, but I was going through that kind of that thing where people said I was dating people that were famous, this, that, whatever. And uh, it's that thing where it's like, nobody wanted to be attached to me. So I felt, and I told my friends this, and I was in kind of like a, a time of despair where I thought, I might never find somebody and I have to be okay with that. But I thought, you know what, either I'm going to find a man who quite frankly, doesn't challenge me, doesn't stimulate me. I don't care. I'm, I make more money, but it's not just about making more money. It's about somebody that can't challenge me. Somebody that I feel like I hold all the power. And I think that you'll probably resonate with that as well. You can't feel in a relationship like you hold all the power because if you're already a strong personality, you will walk right over that person. So I knew that I couldn't have that, but then it's like, all right. So if I find somebody who has successful, makes money, maybe is in the public limelight. Okay, well, now they don't want to be associated with me because I'm Tommy Lahren and I'm a conservative and I'm a Trump supporter. So that's the two things I have. Somebody who's embarrassed to be with me or somebody who doesn't challenge me. And I thought there really isn't anybody for me. I'm in a unique situation. And then I found JP. And that's when it completely changed. So you just got to wait. God has a plan, but be okay with being alone. 
Yes, for sure. I think for me for such a long time in my life, like obviously you don't know my background or anything like that, but like for a really long time in my life, I didn't like myself. I just, I, I was in this horrible situation where my worth came from what I did, how I looked, how much money I was making, all the things. And um, one of the scariest things on the planet to do if you don't like yourself or if you're not comfortable in yourself without tying your worth to something is being alone with your thoughts. My whole like world revolved around how busy can I be so I don't have to be by myself. And for a lot of people, especially women, alone with their thoughts is very, very scary. And I think what you're sitting, what you're saying, it just hit the nail on top of the head where you truly have to get to the place where you can like yourself, know your worth, which is huge for so many people because we like all just have so many stories and so many, so much history. But being confident in who you are, knowing your worth, and then being alone with yourself, take, being able to take care of yourself. Do you know how many women, like even, I'm sure there's men out there too, but how many women don't know how to pay a bill, don't know how, like don't know what a tax write-off is, like literally have never traveled by themselves. Over the years, I've hosted so many retreats and I'm so proud of the women who have come, but so many people have said, I have never taken an airplane by myself. I have never driven somewhere by myself outside of that. And I think it's just super interesting when a person pushes themselves outside of their comfort zone to do something like, you know, gain their confidence or do whatever it is. But yeah, we as women really truly have to be able to take care of ourselves because, you know, God forbid something happens to my husband or someone else's husband. What are you going to do in that situation? You don't want to be 100% reliant on your husband, but at the same time too, I also, and I'm sure that you would believe it as well. You know, I am quote unquote, a traditional wife in a lot of regards. I definitely know that my husband's role because he was, you know, created by God is he wants to take care of me. And sometimes as a strong personality, I have to let him take care of me because when I don't let him take care of me, because yeah, I do make my own money. I am strong personality. But when I tell him all the time, Hey, I don't need you. And a man brain, that means that I actually don't need you. And that's the worst thing that you can say to your husband or your spouse. Uh, that's something that I've had to work on as well, because I am very used to being alone. I'm very used to doing everything. And I'm very used to not needing help and rejecting help when it's offered to me because I can do it myself. But that's one of the things that men do want to take care of women. They, they do. And that's not the worst thing in the world. Now there's a lot of areas where I take care of my fiance, like Lord knows I take care of him in a lot of ways, but he also can take care of me. And that's something when I'm going through my difficult times, now that I am in a really good relationship that I realize that I can let go of the reins a little bit because I'm, I'm always, even now how confident I am, I know I'm always going to make it, but I'm always thinking like to the next thing. I'm always, okay, so if this doesn't work out, what am I going to do for this? All right, I can do this. I can do that. And I'm always thinking ahead and I'm always really thinking of, okay, well, you're going to have to make it work. And that's always how I've been geared. If I want something to happen, I'm going to have to make it happen. I, I don't come from money. My parents don't have a lot of money. I don't have a fancy Harvard degree. This is what I have. This is the career that I'm given. So I better make the most of it. But now I've realized I can kind of sit back a little bit and realize that uh, someone else could possibly step in in the areas where I'm weak. And that's a really great feeling. Wait for somebody who gives you that. Yes, it is so freaking true. I remember over the years, my husband and I, like I said, we've been together like 18 years, but we went to therapy for a few years. And I think it was like one of the greatest things that we could ever do because we just learned how to communicate with one another. But every time I told Nathan, I don't need you. I just like literally like took a little knife to his heart. Right. And it's not that I don't. And now I understand I'm able to communicate with him. Like I need you so much in my life. It's just that I don't need you to pay my bill or I don't need you to like take out the trash. However, sometimes I have to like sit my ego down and be like, Hey babe, can you do this for me? And it makes him feel like on top of the world. And sometimes you just have to like 
shut the freaking up and let the husband take care of you sometimes because that's where they feel validated. That's why they were created, right? So yeah, it's all a lesson. (laughs) It's it's not always the easiest lesson, especially for strong women. I have a lot of friends that I'll say this too. I have a lot of friends that are older than me that are in their mid thirties who are not dating anyone, who try to be on dating apps, who can't find somebody and they're edging up close to where they're worried about not being able to have kids and not finding anybody, wondering what they're going to do. Are they going to freeze their eggs? How are they going to find someone? And they're in that panic mode. And then when they get in that panic mode, it gets like desperation. It's almost like your survival mode kicks on and you're just willing to like grab for anything. And you want to make something work so badly because you feel like your time is ticking that you're just grasping at whatever walks by you. And you need to stop and realize that there are a lot of women that have been married, that have kids that are starting over, that are older than you are. So take a break, pump the brakes, find somebody who's worth it. Your time is not running out, but you're going to be miserable and hate your life if you just pick the first thing walking by that isn't right for you. It's not worth your peace. Girl, no kidding. Do you know what your Enneagram is, by the way? I do not. Oh my gosh, Tommy, we have to, I'm going to send you this test link. You and JP have to know what your Enneagrams are. It's kind of like a personality test, but like, I'm assuming you're probably like a three or maybe a seven, but you should really take the test. It's like the new it thing on like, I actually did a podcast with like the Enneagram expert um, coach on the, in the online space, but it like, you literally learn how to communicate with people based upon what Enneagram they are. So I was just curious to know what you and JP were on one night when you guys have nothing to do, you should both take the test. Oh, we definitely need to do that. Trust yeah. me. And you know, he calls me like his nickname for me is he calls me his dove because I'm like the least dove thing. Um, because I'm such like a pit bull. <laughs> So, and, uh, I call him bug because he tends to bug me and annoy me. And it's like our little thing back and forth, but I've, I'm learning to soften myself. So communication is key. And I will definitely do that. Yeah. Do the Enneagram for sure. That's super interesting. Yeah. My husband and I have had like our nickname for one another and was ding D I N G for such a long time. Cause I said something stupid one time and he's like, ding. And then I called him that. And now sure enough, like freaking 15 years later, that's what like my, my brother-in-law calls me that it's the stupidest thing ever. But I just, I love when people have those stupid little nicknames. Cause I don't know, I think it's like a key to a pretty good, successful, successful relationship. Um, where do you see yourself in the next five years? You know, when people ask me that question, I, I honestly don't know, but I'll tell you this, whatever I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be doing authentically me and I'm building a career where nobody is going to tell me no. That's what I want to do. I don't want to be reliant on anybody. I don't want to be reliant on any entity. I want to be completely reliant on myself and and my family, but that's where I see myself. I'm going to continue doing this. I think the country needs me. I'm not running for office, but I think that the country needs me and I think that they need my voice. So especially in the next five years with we've got coming up with the midterms and this next general election, I'm going to keep doing this from a very authentic place. And uh, I'm going to get to a place where I'm comfortable enough where uh, nobody's going to tell me no. And I'm going to say exactly what I need to say. And I'm not going to filter it as much as I have uh, in the past, (laughs) because we all have to do that. We all have to filter ourselves sometimes uh, when I get to a point where I don't have to do that. That's so cool. Good for you. And yes, I totally agree. We definitely do need you in this world. Um, I, I noticed you called yourself a political commentator, not a politician. I actually think that that's pretty good. Yeah. And I'm not a journalist either. I mean, a journalist, I that's like, oh, you're, you're not a journalist. Well, no, of course I'm not a journalist. I never said I was a journalist. I could be a journalist if I wanted to be. But the thing about me is I realize I have an opinion. So 
So I'm going to be forthright with that opinion. And I'm never going to apologize for it either. So that's where, you know, it's different. And I, I realize what I am and I realize what I do and I, I know what I do it for. And I think that that's part of the key to finding what you love is, is finding out why you do it and what's the motivation behind it. Is it just for a paycheck? Is it just for fame? Is it for vanity? What is it for? And, and why do you do it? And that's a question everybody needs to ask themselves. Awesome. Do you have any likes outside of what you do for what you do for a job? You know, when people ask me that, what I do like outside of working, I, I work a lot. I'll be honest. Yeah. I travel a lot and I speak and it's weird. I am one of those nerds that I love speaking. I love public speaking. So when I'm not working, traveling to places and speaking to people, especially to young people is one of my hobbies and what I love most. But I'll be honest, when people ask me about this hobby that I have or this or that, I'm very frank about it. I like to go out and eat. I like to drink. That's about it. I enjoy my time where I can completely check out and not think about any of the work stuff that's going on. And I've gotten a lot better on the weekends. What I'll do now, of course, now I work on Saturday nights because I have the lovely Judge Janine. But when I'm not working or if I don't have to work on a Saturday night, I'm not tweeting about politics. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to look at Twitter. And I don't want to look at all the nastiness going on because I need those couple of days to check out. And then on Sunday night, I'll get back into it and do my stuff. But that has been instrumental in my life, taking a step back and realizing that social media is important, but it's almost like an alternate reality. And sometimes you need to leave that alternate reality where it belongs and get back into the actual reality in order to stay sane and realize what's real and what's not. Amen. I totally agree with that. Like you need some boundaries in life, especially with what you do, because there's probably very few boundaries that you actually have and how to be Tommy more so than be Tommy on television and be Tommy in your relationship, going up for drinks and doing all the things. Um, yeah, I think it's like hugely important, but I also think too, one thing that I have, you know, learned over the years of my, you know, social media career or whatever it is, is that people really buy you and people buy like, yes, people are coming to you for your commentary on what's happening in the news, but really at the end of the day, and tell me if this is kind of true for you, do you get so many more views and comments on, you know, you and the dogs or you and JP than you do the political stuff because people really truly want a taste of actual Tommy? Yeah. So it's both. So of course on Twitter and Facebook, that's where I keep politics, but I use Instagram to do politics, but I also put a lot of my personal life there. And it's because I do want to be open with people. And one of the things I pride myself on in this industry, and I think I'm one of the few that actually does it in conservative media, is I show you that I'm a real person. It's not just this person sitting at a desk or this person on TV. I'm a real person. I like to drink. I like to eat. I like to go out. I like to have fun. I like to mess around. I like to wear sweatpants. I like to do all these things. I laugh. I'm not this like, prudish person that lives in a box that's just angry about politics all the time. And I have fun doing that. And, you know, some people will give me guff for that. Oh, why do you do this? Oh, why do you, oh, why do you, why are you trying to be sexy? Why do you post selfies? Why do you have your cleavage out? Because I'm a damn 29-year-old girl and I'm going to be that. I'm not going to pretend to be something that I'm not. I enjoy doing the things that I do. I enjoy having fun. I'm a fun person in my, my life outside of work. I'm incredibly laid back. I think I'm pretty funny and I don't take myself that seriously. And I want people to see that. Because people need to see that conservatives were not like these farm animals that you go and pet that live in like a box of cable news. We exist. We enjoy the same things. Maybe we can find some unity in that. And if I can help bridge that gap for people, I'm happy to do it. Mm, I love it. And I actually do believe, and I'm sure you know this because of your business mind, but I actually think you're setting yourself up for a tremendous success. What, what this looks like once you're done, if you're ever done working for, you know, 
big news media, I think you're setting yourself up for a ton of success because people really want to be connected to someone and buy from someone who they have a personal connection with and whether or not, you know, I feel like I know you, which your a lot of your fans do feel like they know you and that like know and trust that's going to be super helpful in the long run, which I know, you know, but at the same time too, you're setting yourself up for success, whatever path you might take in the future. And so I just love the fact that you do allow people into your personal life. I do the exact same thing. And I think that it's been you know, not, it's not for everyone, for sure. There's some people that don't want that. You know, I have a lot of clients and my coach in particular, she doesn't do any of her personal life, but for me, I've chosen to allow people into my personal life. And I think it's been super helpful and it's allowed people to get to know who I am and how I exist. And I also think too, one of the things about yourself and perhaps myself as well is we can show that there is an abundant life. We can show that you can be conservative. We can show that you can have a lot of success. You can have a successful marriage. You can be yourself. You can take care of yourself. And I think that that's really, really important in the world that we live in right now. So I just commend you for doing that and allowing people to see, you know, a little bit more of being Tommy. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I, you know, I, I dragged JP into it and he, he says he doesn't love it. But he absolutely loves it. And if we post a story, he's sitting there looking through his DMs to see if any, I wonder if anybody commented on this. It's like, I know you My love husband it. does the it's exact fun. same thing. Well, they it's love it. So they love social funny. media. They, lo- they love all of it. They love the vanity of all of it. They seriously. Oh my God. It is so true. Nathan's like, how many likes did I get? I'm like, oh my God, you make my head spin. But it's so true. I'm sure uh, the other night I was looking at your stuff because I knew this interview was coming up and you posted something about JP and his tight jeans. And I'm sure he cared about how many likes he got on that. How many views? Oh, he loves it. He, he loves it. But our, our lives are funny. Like we're funny people. So funny. And we like to show that side of our relationship. And I think it's important to show that. I, I think that that helps people. It, it helps them feel more comfortable. And if that makes them feel like they know me, then maybe they might not look at me like this monster that's a conservative that has opinions that are different from their own. Maybe they might just look at me like a human being who happens to have opinions. But I think we need to get back to the more human aspect of life. And social media, there's a lot of fakeness in it. There's a lot of BS, but there is a negative truth to a lot of it. And I hope that people can find it. Amen. Well, I appreciate this so much. Before I uh, let you go, the one final question I always ask people is, was there ever a decision that you were afraid to make that once you actually made it, it turned out better than you thought? Or if not, what was the lesson you learned? I look back at a lot of the things that I've done in my career and a lot of people that I've trusted and it's caused me a lot of grief and it's caused me a lot of, uh, a lot of money <laughs> and it's caused me a lot of sleepless nights. But every one of those things, I don't know if it's so much a decision, but every bump in the road, every person that I wish that I wouldn't have trusted, you know what? I had to learn that lesson and I had to take those knocks along the way. And that is what strengthened me to get to the point where I am now. And luckily I got a lot of those bumps out of the way in my early and mid twenties. So now I feel like by the time I'm 30 years old, I'm going to know what I'm doing and I'm going to know who to trust and I'm going to know the red flags. And I'm going to be able to operate in such a more efficient way because of all the things that I've done. And looking back on all of it, it taught me so much. And I wouldn't take a single thing of it back because I wouldn't be where I am. And I'm, I'm really happy with where I am. Well, and you should be super proud of who you are. I, I'm just like, I'm a, I adore you. I think it's awesome what you're doing. I'm super grateful that you joined us today. And I know everyone's going to get a ton from it. You guys, um, Tommy, just tell everyone where you, where you hang out. If 
why they wouldn't know, I have no idea, but just tell everyone. <laughs> <laughs> of course, well, Twitter, if you're interested in some good political banter, at Tommy Laren. Not a lot of Tommy Laren's out there. Not a lot of women named Tommy. So T-O-M-I, that's where you find me. Instagram, same thing. Facebook, at Tommy Laren. And uh, I hope I can have some good dog photos mixed in with some, you know, discussion about our border and vaccine mandates. So a little bit of everything. Awesome. I loved it. Thank you so much, girl. Thank you. Hey, ladies, listen up. I wanted to let you know the Decide It's Your Turn Mastermind is now open for enrollment. I've been doing this mastermind for over four years now, and women are walking away more confident, more in their purpose, more in alignment to do the thing that they are absolutely put on this planet to do. You don't have to have a business, but if you do, I guarantee you'll walk away more confident to make those sales. If you need more confidence to live a life that you're absolutely obsessed with, you will walk away more in alignment than ever before. This mastermind includes one-on-one coaching with me. This is what sets it apart. My job is to make sure I hold you accountable to living a life that you're absolutely obsessed with. And I know this mastermind is the thing to do it. Connect with me on Instagram at bchristina. Check the show notes. Send me an email. Seats are filling up fast. One-on-one coaching is included in this four-month mastermind. I'd love to have you there. And I can't wait. Thank you all so much for joining me on today's episode of the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. If today's episode resonated with you at all, please share it with a friend. Also head on over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment. What is it that you want us to talk about that'll help you realize that at any moment and any day, you too can decide it's your turn. I'm Christina LeCure. I'll see you next time.